Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So great to have you here with us today on this Tuesday. Locked On Blue Devils is your daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Coming up on today's show, my very good friend Kevin Connolly is back with me once again, as he is each and every week, to discuss what's going on in the world of Duke basketball. Last night, Duke with a big win over Louisville. They knock off the Cardinals 79-62 as Duke gets their 20th win of the season. 20 wins in year one of the John Shire era with three games remaining in the regular season. We're going to break all that down on today's show. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, watch the show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button as well as we're getting closer and closer to that 1,000 subscriber mark. Really want to make that a goal that we accomplish here in the year 2023. Also, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Here he is, my good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Kevin, great to see you again this week, man. JJ, thanks for having me. Glad to talk about a couple of victories. Really, really excited to uh, discuss the recent play of this Duke team, including last night's win over Louisville. 79-62, the final score in that one. Uh, Last night's game featured Nolan Smith's return to Cameron Indoor. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But the play on the floor, what stood out to you the most? Well, I think it was the unselfishness, and we've seen it in the the past two games now, going back to the Syracuse game on Saturday and then the Duke game uh, tonight on uh, Monday night. Um, it's the, the unselfishness offensively. It's, they're making the extra pass, especially in that first half. You saw from Derek Whitehead in both opposite corners, finding Jacob Grandison open for three. It's these guys, it seems like they like playing with each other. It seems like they're comfortable playing with each other, and they trust each other, and that's a big thing to have as we approach late February already. No kidding. You're going to want to make sure this squad trusts one another. And credit to last night's game in particular, you look at the final score, a 17-point margin at the end of it for Duke. But early, it was Louisville. They got up to like a nine-point lead even in the first 10 minutes of the first half or so. And then Duke really ramped it up. They had a 13-0 run, did the Duke Blue Devils. I think the defensive pressure really picked up, and uh, I think Duke was off and running from there. Yeah, after that first media timeout, um, which I think came a little late um, after the team mark, uh, Duke outscored Louisville 33-15 over the final, I think it was like 13 minutes or so of that first half. But L. Ellis came out firing for Louisville. Durham kid um, playing in Cameron. You know, obviously every time he has a chance to do that means a lot to him. And uh, he was on something special there for those first seven minutes leading Louisville. But um, after that first media timeout, uh, Shire was able to seem like he was able to calm the guys down, uh, get them to focus, and they were off and running really ever since. That's what we needed was a level of focus to be there. Duke got it there, and they were able to walk away again with the victory. Duke in this took care of the basketball as well. You look at the stats, only six turnovers for the Duke basketball team. In a game like this when there was that deficit early, against Louisville, Kevin, if Duke had been in position like they were a few weeks ago on that Monday night game against Miami, this would have been an entirely different basketball game, and we would have been talking about a catastrophic loss for the Blue Devils. 
but they took care of the basketball and that led them to the victory. Yeah, you know, in those opening seven minutes, it was a little bit of a concern because even you go back to the Virginia Tech game and that was a Saturday coming after a Monday game, that a game against the Hokies was on a Monday and you're like, all right, maybe this team just doesn't have that gear to turn turn around quickly and that's not going to be good with the postseason. No, it's not. And the ACC tournament where you might have to win whatever it is going to be, four games in four days or three games in three days, however, um, wherever they fall in the regular season and obviously the NCAA tournament when um, – if you win your first game, you have about less than 48 hours to your next game. So um, against a, a clearly inferior opponent, it was good to see this team just take that deep breath, not panic, value the basketball, and just go play ball. Again, 79-62, the final score for Duke in their game against Louisville last night. The Blue Devils had five players score in double figures. Jacob Grandison had nine. He was three for five from three-point range, so one point shy of making it six guys in double figures. And then watching the game, Kevin, uh, they were quick to point out that every single player that played for Duke picked up an assist. The team finished with 19 assists. But, yeah, let me say that again. Every single player who touched the floor for the Blue Devils had an assist on the night. Well, I think that's the first interesting point when you say every single player that touched the floor and meaning that only eight guys touched the floor for Duke. I think that was – I noticed really quickly, and I'm imagining John Shire didn't envision it like that in a home game against Louisville. Probably thought he could go a little bit deeper into his bench specifically later in the game. But I think the eight you saw play tonight, that's going to be your eight um, really down the stretch. I mean, at a point in time, even Mike Krzyzewski did this, and he did it earlier in the year – is you have to trim your rotation down. That's a good in, point. In the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, you can't be playing 10 guys. You have to narrow it down to your best eight, and I think that's what John Shire has done starting with this game here tonight against Louisville, playing eight, um, your regular five of Mitchell, Filipowski, Lively, Proctor, and Roach, and then rolling with three off the bench in Whitehead, Young, and Jacob Grandison. Good stuff from the Blue Devils. Again, they were 40% from three-point range, 41 if you want to be technical, 9 of 22. Proctor, 4 for 8 from three-point range. He and Whitehead both really have picked up the three-point shooting numbers. A down night for Whitehead shooting the three ball. He was just 1 for 5. But, yeah, give some love to Tyrese Proctor once again. 12 points on 4 of 8 shooting from three-point range. Absolutely. And a couple of them were big in the second half. We talked about it before we went live on air. Is that like Duke after that two those two runs early in the second half, they just couldn't put Louisville away. They kept hanging around, hanging around. And you say that, and Duke never trailed by less than ten in in the second half after they went on that seven-nothing run to start. Um, but Tyrese Proctor had a couple of really big shots, big threes, couple of drives to the basket to keep that lead at double digits and not give Louisville a chance to make it nine or eight or seven and give them hope in those final five minutes like we saw with a couple of other games, specifically Wake Forest and Notre Dame. Big win for the Duke Blue Devils, 79-62, the final score tonight as they defeat Louisville. They are now 20-8 and overall on the season. We'll talk a little more Duke basketball after our first time out here today on Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils today is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Well, then you've got to try a Built Bar. This is the perfect snack for you. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yep, that's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar, 
while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. All right, now you can also go and shop with them and get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right, you don't have to only shop online at Built.com. These days you can head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up Built Bar today. Built Bar is a proud sponsor of Lockdown Blue Devils. Here we are moving forward on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. I'm J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Follow him on Twitter at KevinConnolly24. All right, so a big win for Duke, a Monday night win for the Blue Devils. And as we mentioned, a big talking point a little bit earlier, the Virginia Tech game in Miami, those were granted road Monday games. But Duke was able to pick up a Monday victory last night, which is something we really hadn't seen them do yet. Yeah, and it was really great because you have this three-game homestand um, just about to wrap up the regular season before you have to go to the Dean Dome on that final Saturday. So it, it felt like this was the easiest of the three games for Duke considering it comes against Louisville. But Virginia Tech and NC State, they're going to play them tough. But I expect Duke uh, to come out on top in both those games, revenge games, because Duke got handed uh, a loss against NC State pretty badly and then uh, faltered down the stretch against uh, Virginia Tech. Last night, we saw the return of Nolan Smith to Cameron Indoor Stadium. If you are watching us on YouTube, it's a, a little strange to see Nolan Smith wearing that red. He's known for out, throughout his career, obviously, as a 2010 national champion. The work that he did on the recruiting trails had a big hug with John Shire after the game, as you would expect. Very friendly still. I'm sure those guys are communicating all the time, the bond that they have as brothers. But, uh, Kevin, I don't know about you. It was really, really strange to, to see Nolan Smith on the other bench inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Yeah, first time in his life he's had a game inside Cameron, yeah. and he's not either there as a Duke coach, a Duke player, or a Duke fan or recruit, really. Right. First time he's in Cameron, and um, he's not rooting or hoping Duke wins the game. So uh, certainly a little strange, but good to see him back down in Durham. Yeah, tough year so far for Louisville. We'll see what the future holds for uh, that coaching staff, Nolan Smith in particular. I, I think Louisville is going to be able to turn it around in years to come. They were very competitive. What a feisty bunch it was. Uh, but, to, yeah, we've seen Jeff Capel as the pit head coach make a few trips back to Cameron Indoor after his playing days and time spent on the coaching staff. And there can only be one coach of Duke men's basketball, Kevin, right? Like this is the conversation we always have to have. Was it going to be Jeff Capel? Was it going to be Chris Collins, Steve Wojciechowski, Tommy Amaker, Johnny Dawkins, you name it. Like there are coaches out there. There can only be one guy. And so then you see these Duke guys wanting to advance in their coaching careers and having to head elsewhere. Yeah, it, it was interesting because it felt like um, Nolan Smith made the jump because now he's an associate head coach at Louisville and he wasn't going to get that promotion um, at Duke under John Shire once he officially got the job. So um, it made sense for him professionally to leave because now I guess you, you can see that a head coaching job is probably in his future down the line. Um, how many years down the road, I don't know, but it feels like it'd be easier uh, for that to come to him in his position right now at Louisville than just as an assistant coach uh, at Duke. 79-62 the final score for the Blue Devils as they knock off Louisville last night over the weekend Duke went up north to take on Syracuse and won by 22 what a win that was for Duke 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was fun to watch, um, especially late in that first half when they went on that whatever it was, twenty-one to two <laughs> run or something like that. And um, it, it was the again, I talk about the unselfishness, the ball movement. I talk about the assists. That's really the first part you really saw it in that Syracuse game, and everything was working. And one person, I guess, we haven't really highlighted from. Monday night's game and also Saturday's game is Mark Mitchell. I think Mark Mitchell is really starting to come into his own now for this Duke, Duke team, as is a lot of players. But um, in the middle of that Syracuse zone, he was efficient. He was um, ready to go. He knew what he was going to do with the basketball. As soon as he caught it in the middle of that zone, he didn't hesitate. And you saw the same thing um, tonight or Monday night against Louisville. Um, it, it, in the first half, he was a little bit more aggressive and a little more uh, efficient then in the second half, but down the stretch in that second half, he had a couple of big plays in the lane um, to keep that Duke lead at double figures. Yeah, Mark Mitchell against Syracuse had eight points and five assists, and then in the game last night against the Cardinals, he had 13 points on the day. And really, in this three-game winning streak, Kevin, let's go back to the game that started it, Notre Dame. Duke finally yeah. gets the win after the Virginia game with no call at the end of it on Filipowski. And who is it? It's Mark Mitchell that hits the corner three-pointer to ice that Notre Dame game. Yeah, He's really picked it up. He is, and he, it feels like he's always under the radar because everyone's talking about the numbers that Kyle Phillip in terms of the freshman, the sure. numbers that Kyle Filipowski puts up, the number one overall recruit in Derek Lively, uh, Tyrese Proctor, who's more the point guard, Derek Whitehead, who is probably the best professional prospect of the freshman on this Duke team, but is battling injuries. It feels like no one really talks about Mark Mitchell – and he has quietly, consistently put up good numbers, and now you're seeing those numbers come a little bit louder, and that's what's making Duke so successful. 20-8, and eight, the overall record now for the Duke Blue Devils, who have three games left on their schedule uh, here to close out this 2022-2023 regular season. And then, of course, they'll get set for the ACC tournament and the postseason of the NCAA tournament as well. So let's take one more time out here on the show, and we'll wrap up our program right after this on Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our very good friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn is absolutely something that you want to integrate if you're a small business owner or hiring manager. LinkedIn Jobs is the best place for you to hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Tell me about Ball Durham, Kevin. Ball Durham, we're rolling in basketball content now as March continues to inch closer. What, now just eight days away, seven days away from March 1st? It is coming up quick. So we got all Duke men's basketball content. We've got women's basketball content. They're a top 10 team in the country. They're rolling towards the postseason as well. So a whole lot of basketball coming at you on Ball Durham. Check us out every day. We have new content coming up every morning, every afternoon, every night. Follow us on Twitter at Ball underscore Durham. And it's 
www.balldurham.com every morning. Tell me, uh, tell me what you were able to get out of All-Star Weekend, Kevin, because I, I know you guys stay on top of content, and the Blue Devils were sure to deliver for you. Well, Jason Tatum, NBA <laughs> All-Star Game scoring record, he lit it up on Sunday night. Now, I know the NBA All-Star Game is uh, basically a glorified shooting contest, but man, was Tatum good. 27 of the third quarter, set an NBA All-Star Game record and was named the Kobe Bryant MVP. So uh, Jason Tatum showed out for the Blue Devils on All-Star Weekend. Kyrie played well, too. I mean, it was a, it was an awesome weekend for Duke, man. Yeah, Kyrie, I think he had like 32 and 15 assists. Um, Zion, unfortunately, not able to play with a hamstring injury. But uh, JT and Kyrie absolutely showed out uh, this weekend. All that stuff can be found at Ball Durham. Again, Ball underscore Durham on Twitter. All right, so next up for Duke, they're back in action on Saturday. Another home game for the Blue Devils. They remain unbeaten at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And revenge is going to be on Duke's mind coming into Saturday's game, right? Absolutely. You've got Virginia Tech at home, prime time. I think it's 8 o'clock ESPN Saturday night. Cameron should be rocking. This team is peaking. This team is playing as well as they have all season long. I think Cameron will be jumping, and I think Duke's going to come away with a victory. Biggest thing is to keep Virginia Tech contained from outside the arc. You, don't, you do not want them getting hot early uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, no, you're right. Right now, of course, we'll continue to monitor this throughout the week. It is an 8 p.m. Eastern start on ESPN from Cameron Indoor. Uh, the ESPN Basketball Power Index and ESPN Analytics give Duke a 75.8% chance to win the game at home against Virginia Tech. But we know in the matchup earlier in the season, Grant Baselli, Hunter Couture, they had big-time games for Duke. So at least when you talk about incorporating a scouting report, They've seen these matchups before. They know what it looks like going up against the Hokies. Yeah, and it feels like Virginia Tech has had Duke's number as of late a little bit. You look back at last year's ACC Tournament Championship game, obviously this year's game in Blacksburg. So it would be nice if Duke could uh, put a complete defensive performance together against the Hokies. Really excited to see Saturday's game to see if Duke can continue their winning ways and push that winning streak to four games. Again, big-time performance for Duke. Last night, Derek Lively continues to get more comfortable. Filipowski, Ryan Young, Mark Mitchell. All of a sudden, we're worried about the three-point shooting. And here, we've had a couple of games in a row where three-point shooting has been impressive for Duke. But it's still that interior presence, the post-offense, that I think is going to make some noise for Duke in their run in March. Yeah, and I I talked about it last week when we were previewing the Syracuse game a little bit, the high-low game. And you saw Louisville go to a little bit of a zone and Certainly wasn't effective, but Duke getting the ball at the free throw line and just the length of Derek Lively down low sitting on that baseline makes it almost an impossible task for the the player in the, at the center possession in the middle of that zone. He either has to commit to the guy with the ball at the free throw line who is very adept, whether that's Kyle Filipowski or Mark Mitchell, of just pulling the trigger and making that shot, yeah. or an easy lob anywhere near the basket and the seven-foot-four wingspan or plus of Derek Lively can just go get it. How about the uh, – I mean, obviously the defense has been there for Derek Lively, but last night's game we saw two blocks from Ryan Young, kind of back-to-back possessions that are late in the second half. Really good to see those defensive moments because that's been someone, uh, Ryan Young, talking about him uh, that uh, we've been a little critical of his defense Duke fans have throughout the year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like I've said before, Ryan Young is that player where you don't want him on the floor for 20, 25 plus minutes. You want him on the floor for like those 10 to 13 minutes per game. And you want him just being efficient. You want him rebounding. You want him finishing shots in close. If he gets to the free throw line, you got to knock him down. And that's what we're starting to see. It just feels like it's the perfect storm right now for this Duke team. And everything's coming together at once and it's really encouraging and it it gives a I feel like a new sense of optimism around this team because you looked at after that victory against North Carolina you get steamrolled by Miami two days later and it takes a lot of the wind out of your sails where it's like all right maybe just they beat a bad North Carolina team at home and then they get robbed against Virginia and you're like all right well things certainly aren't falling this team's way now and they have followed it up with three victories now albeit against three um, non-NCAA tournament teams, but they, they looked a lot better in doing so. So I still think there's a lot of positives to take from these last three games for Duke. Duke is now 11-6 and six in the ACC standings. Uh, same record as NC State uh, in those ACC standings. Again, only two teams in the conference right now are ranked in the top 25, number six, Virginia, number 13, Miami. So uh, the ACC, not as top-heavy in terms of national power as we've seen in recent years this season. Yeah, Matt, and I wrote that in the column that I posted on uh, Monday morning when the uh, selection committee dropped the top 16 seeds on Saturday. And the biggest thing I said, Duke is safely in the NCAA tournament barring a catastrophic loss that would have come Monday night against Louisville. They're not really going to have that catastrophic loss on their resume from here on out, but there's no chance for good wins or resume building wins for Duke on the rest of their schedule because, all right, you took care of Louisville. You have two more home games upcoming in Virginia Tech and NC State, and I don't know that they're net off the top of my head, but I know they're not quad one games. They might even be quad three games or quad two games. It'll be a quad one game against Carolina in the regular season finale, but in the ACC tournament, if Duke wants to significantly improve its seating, um, I know it'd be a tall task trying to go through Miami and Virginia, to win the ACC tournament championship, but that's what they might have to do if they want to try and get up to that four line. We'll see what Duke can make happen uh, as they get ready for March. And of course, we'll see what happens on Saturday when they take on Virginia Tech inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Kevin, as always, so grateful for your time. Thanks once again for being on the program today. Thanks for having me, JJ. That's my pal, Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Go check out his work, balldurham.com. That's going to do it for our show today. I always appreciate your support here of Lockdown Blue Devils. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow the podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Again, your support means the absolute world to me. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Thank you.